0: Hello and happy Wednesday! I am very excited that you are here as always. Uh, You can always hear I'm very excited. I love this podcast and I love connecting with you all. And I'm going to share a review from Life Change. Thank you for leaving your uh, your review. This podcast is a must listen if you are in a leadership role in any business. I was lucky to work with other Christian women in the office of my former employer, but the people from the manufacturing area of the business were, were much harder to deal with. As an HR leader, I would definitely be tuning in to get a godly perspective to help shift the culture in any workplace. Now, if you would like to leave me a review, please head to Apple Podcast and leave your review there and then I will read out your review on my podcast and if you have your own business and you'd like me to shout out your business or your podcast make sure that you leave the name of that uh, business or podcast uh, next to your name and then I can give you a shout out on my podcast as well and we can get our listeners onto your podcast as well. As Christian women in leadership We often find ourselves struggling with the balance between implementing faith-based leadership principles and the worldly perspectives of our colleagues and team members. You once felt passionate about leadership, but have often come up against people with fixed mindsets who are unwilling to change. You feel like giving up and stepping out of your leadership role because is it really worth it? Friend, you're in the right place. Here, we're not only going to talk about the challenges, we're going to tackle them head on with a faith-based approach that's both practical and empowering. So, if you're ready to transform your leadership journey, to set boundaries that make a real impact, and to create a workplace culture where both you and your team can thrive, then join me in uncovering the strategies, wisdom, and godly guidance that will lead you to success. I'm Rika Whelan, and welcome to the Woman of Faith podcast. Together, we're going to navigate leadership with faith as our foundation. Let's get started. Grab your coffee or water, keep that notebook and pen handy, and let's jumpstart your leadership. Now in Monday's episode, I spoke about ways that you can identify or tell whether the expectations that you have set for your team are clear. Now in today's episode, I'm going to run you through six ways that you can actually set clear expectations with your team. And if you do these six things every single time when you communicate or set expectations with your team, you will know that there will be no confusion. They'll meet their deadlines. They'll perform well. They'll meet the results or you'll get the results that you're looking for and your team will be engaged. Okay, so let's get started. And again, I am going to make this uh, like a very valuable training to you. So if you'd like to grab your pen and notebook and most definitely grab a coffee or tea or water, uh, whichever tickles your fancy, maybe bubble tea. So number one, okay, so your expectations should be realistic and obtainable. So if you are setting expectations with your team, whether that is for a new project, whether that is, for example, a new expectation that the organization has brought in, it needs to be realistic and obtainable. For an expectation to be realistic, it means that the person or the people who are working for you need to be able to obtain it. That's why I'm saying realistic and obtainable. So let's say, for example, the, the new project that's coming up, You've projected that there will be 450 hours required to work on this project. Now, you only have five team members, which means that for the 450 hours that needs to be spent on the project, if you divide it equally, it means that every person will spend 90 hours on the project. Now, potentially it won't work that way because everybody's got their strengths and um, profiles, which means that one person might spend 100 hours and another person might only have to spend 80 hours and and divide it that way. But let's just say for the sake of this example, we take the 450 hours that you have projected to work on this project. You've got five people on your team. That means that everybody will have to give 90 hours of their time. Now, realistically, there's about 40 hours in a weekly work week. But now you are saying to your team that we have to we have to meet this goal in three days, so that is a bit unrealistic, <laughs> to say the least. And it depends on which industry you're in. Look, I do know that there are some industries who work uh, seventy-two hours straight. So you know, I'm not in particularly talking about those industries or about those people, but. Let's say, for example, that you want the objective is that the project needs to be done in three days, 450 hours, you've only got five people, everybody needs to do 90 hours in three days. Okay, so, I mean, again, depending on whether or how in a hurry you are to get the project done or how crucial and urgent it is, it's, possibly, it's probably possible if you give your people the right resources But doing that will just burn your team out, um, doing so many hours in a a, a short period of time. And, you know, if the deadline is is crucial, you know, for whatever reason and you want to do it that way, and it has to be that way, there's no other way, then potentially I would consider hiring a couple of additional people to get that project done instead of burning your five people out to do 90 hours in three days. Okay, so that was a bit of a, you know maybe a bit of an unrealistic (laughs) um, example. However, just to get my point across, it should be realistic and obtainable. Just remember that post-COVID, and I did mention this in the last episode as well, employees have gained perspective over what's important. And unfortunately, we're dealing with with a lot of disengaged employees at the moment low engagement because they'd rather engage more at home than what they would do at work because work is not that important but my family is and so it's a bit of this catch-22. We're very glad that people are happy and that they are prioritizing their families as should us as leaders however we still have businesses to run. So keeping it realistic and also obtainable is going to be your number one for setting clear expectations. And make sure that when you are setting these expectations in your meetings, that they are clear. So that's number two. Clear objectives linked to key results. So people should understand what success will look like and you should provide context and further clarity where required. So when you're setting out the expectations for the very first time, make sure that that objective or that that expectation is laid out as an objective that's linked to key results an example of this would be for your objective is to launch a new product range the key result would be launching the product up and updating the website to go live to all your new customers so that's your result so what will success look like it means that the product product has been launched And all the updates are on the website. So for that would be, for example, a clear result to your tech team or to your marketing team to make sure that all of that updates are on the website. So every single department will also have what their key results will look like. So your key results might look differently for your tech team or your IT team to what it will look to your marketing team to what it will look to your HR team. So just make sure that your objectives are clear for every single department and that every single department have their key results so that they will know what success will look like. Okay. Number three, expectations should be measurable. Now to make something measurable or to to link it to metrics means that there should be something tangible that someone can have a look at. And it does really tie in with number two, what does success look like? So what is what are the metrics of this project? Okay, so let's say, let's use an example. Let's say your marketing team has the goal of creating short-term content and then putting that out in some format to gain leads. Okay, so you, so great that that's that's an objective, but there's no metrics in there. So we need to say, um, marketing team is going to create ten short-form content, which they're going to post on. Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and we want to gain 100 leads within the next 24 hours. So for that, that, is, that means that it's measurable. So in 24 hours, we're going to go and have a look that we meet those metrics. So if you make your expectations measurable to metrics, it means that some a person can go and have a look whether they've met those goals or not. So in 24 hours, your marketing team can go and have a, they can, they can, you know, they're going to look at, here comes number 99 and 100. Yes, we've done it. We've made our goal. So if you make it clear like that, it means that your team has got something to work towards. And that will look different for every single department in terms of those metrics. Your financial department, you know, you might have a look at your net profit at the end of the financial year, you might have a look at, they might use their, your balance sheets or your profit and loss statement. So, you know, whatever that might look like for you, your bottom line, <laughs> um, you know, every department will have a different objective for for the year or for the quarter. However, so long as it is linked to some metrics, not some, but two metrics, then that's going to be crucial for you to know whether your expectations are clear or not. And the other thing that really falls in there is that, let's say you've got that metric. And this is something that I mentioned uh, when I was talking about that short form context, context, content. <laughs> I, was, I, um, I said, how are we going to do it as well? So I, I didn't only say we were going to do that, but I said how we were going to do it. So that was quite clear. It was very explicit, and nobody had to wonder what the marketing team has to do because they have to go and create short form content, content. I can't say that word. Then they have to post it on those three social media platforms, and then we have to get 100 leads in in 24 hours. So, very clear, very explicit, and no one should be wondering. The only thing that they should be wondering and working on next is what the short form content should be about. That's their expertise and they can have a brainstorm meeting as to how and how they're going to do that, how many people's on the team, you know, how who's going to create what content. Number 4, accountability and support. So in terms of setting clear expectations, you should also communicate to your team how are you going to keep them accountable and what support will they have to meet those expectations. So in terms of accountability, you will let them know that, okay, guys, in 24 hours, we're going to have another meeting or we're going to just jump on a quick call, Zoom call, or we're just going to jump on a Teams, Microsoft Teams chat and we're going to share all our results with each other. So that's a way of keeping them accountable. They know that, okay, in 24 hours, I'm going to have to jump on a chat and give my results, depending on what the deadline was, depending on those metrics that you had set. Okay, guys, in in one week's time, exactly at Wednesday at 10 o'clock, we're going to jump on a quick Zoom call and we're going to all share our successes that we've had. And if you've not made those successes, if you've not met your matrix, come up with a a backup plan or come and share with us what are you going to do next to fix this problem, to problem solve. That's a really good way of accountability because you, know, you don't want them to get so reliant on you for problem solving. They should be able to problem solve themselves. But if you keep them accountable like that, it means that, number one, they're going to really want to meet those metrics or meet those goals because if they don't, they're going to have to come up with a solution to that problem and then come and share it in the whole group. So nothing wrong with that, of course. But people, you know, in terms of choice, people would rather hit those goals than come and share that they've not hit those goals and then what they're going to do about it. And then in terms of support, you should let them know where they can go if they need support during this whole process. So if, for example, it's a new, it's a, it's a brand new uh, team, so you've put a team together specifically just for this project, you should 100% be letting them know that, okay, guys, um, Joe is your go-to guy for IT, and X, Y, and Z. So definitely let them know who the support people are and then you can also say and come to me if you need any any support at any point in time or um, if you feel that you don't quite understand what's been um, discussed today or anything like that. So you should definitely, in terms of communication, tell them when are you going to keep them accountable and what support they have available. So number five is deadlines and timeframes. So when you are communicating to your team, either expectations or whether it's a specific project or whether it's then during their induction process, you should 100% let them know what deadlines and timeframes they have. There's nothing worse than coming into a brand new team and everyone has deadlines and timeframes to meet and you come in and you're confused. You don't know what the deadlines are, you don't know what the time frames are. For a for a procedure that you have to implement, you do not know what the time frame of that is. You do not know that you're only meant to do that procedure in five minutes. Or this procedure is only meant to take you an hour. So definitely communicate deadlines and timeframes time with every single person coming into your organization, but then continuously. As you are creating new projects, you should let people know. And you know, sometimes we do think, and I've mentioned this in previous podcast, but episode. Sometimes we think that people know. We just assume that people know, and we think that uh this is this is just logic. You know, it's common sense. But I really want to highly challenge that thinking because we cannot assume that anybody knows anything, and we cannot assume that it's common sense. And common sense your common sense and my common sense are not the same because we don't have the same background, we don't have the same culture. um, And that's what makes it so tricky is that your cognitive thinking and my cognitive thinking is not the same. So something might be common sense to me, but it's not common sense to you. And a very good example of that is that in a different department, somebody in the finance department might think that understanding financial statements, balance sheets, profit and loss and uh, cash flow statements, that's common sense, right? To them, although they've, they have obviously studied it, but clearly they have a strong math background or accounting background, that's why they can do it so easily. But someone who does not have a strong math background and who, who dropped out of math <laughs> very quickly in high school or at university, dropped it and swapped um, it for something else, to them, that's not gonna be common sense. And if you grew up with a, a mom or a dad who was very strong in their financial background, your common sense of what finances and budgets and things should look like is strong. But for someone who didn't grow up like that, they're not going to understand that. Okay. So never, ever, ever think if something is common sense or assume that people know things. You should be communicating clearly and over and over again. And then that brings me to my last one, a good leading to the last one, which is com- it, expectations must be communicated and documented. Okay, so make sure that you are continuously communicating with your team. Make sure that that new person coming into your organization or into your department are well inducted and then documented. So documentation, two things. Number one, you email or you print out the expectations to your team. So um, hey team, just a quick A reminder of the expectations we set in the meeting today. Here they are, one, two, three, four, five, and six. Well, hey team, just as mentioned, um, here are the expectations of this project with all the metrics, so please use it to refer to, please use it for your reference, for example. But in terms of documentation, the other part of documentation is that you should then document, for example... When you've inducted a person on a new a new employee, you should have, like I mentioned before, you should have an individual note or tab or Word document for every single person who works for you. And not so that you can constantly go back and document on that. I mean, not everybody constantly has the time for that, but so that you can have a timeline. And that timeline, I cannot tell you how crucial that timeline is. And the first thing on that person's timeline should be induction. And then everything that was discussed in the induction. And I inducted so many people that I ended up recording myself and then putting it on a platform so that they can go watch it over and over again. Because I was getting a laryngitis, I had to induct so many people. Uh, we, we experienced an extremely high staff turnover, which is definitely some uh, <laughs> a different podcast, a podcast episode altogether um, in terms of high staff turnover. There's definitely reasons for that. But... Yeah, we had such a high turnover in my industry that I was working in at that point in time that I had to then go record myself. But I found, okay, this is what I found, is that because I had recorded myself, people were less engaged with that online platform of me, that version of me, versus if I spoke to them one-on-one. So, what I did was I so I still kept certain things as record, recorded, for example, very general things. But the most important expectations that I had of my team, I did it verbally and I did it one on one. For example, no gossip policy. I would tell them I would look them in the eye and I would say to them that this is a no gossip environment. We do not have gossip here. and if you ever do hear somebody gossiping, Please come and inform me because then it means that something's gone astray and I need to fix the problem because we're so dedicated here. So, I then would also catch up with them three weeks after they've started. I would actually catch up with them just for 15 minutes. I would say, you know, in terms of the induction, is there anything that I could have added to the induction that would have helped you in the last three weeks? Was the expectations made clear? Did you not understand anything? And then I would catch up with them again six weeks after they've started or commenced employment. And then it would at the six-week mark that we would set a goal for them personally because or professionally because then after six weeks, they will know, okay, I need to up my game professionally on this, so I need some training on that. After three weeks, you can't do that just yet. But after six weeks, they've also well and truly settled into the environment uh, with the team. And so then they can actually truly say, okay, yes, I've got this goal. And if they don't fit into the environment and they feel that that this is just not for them, by that time at the six-week meeting, they would say that I've got some concerns. I don't think that this is the right place for me. And And then it falls into your probation period as well. And then I would catch up with them again at three months and at six months. and this worked out really well in terms of performance management because then if there was any performance issues, I would bring it up at these meetings or then sooner if I needed to. So please make sure and then and then I documented all of those conversations as well on their timeline so that if I ever had to let them go, I had I had the timeline of every single time I spoke to them about their performance. So I will just uh, recap that again. Number one was um, realistic and obtainable. Two, clear objectives linked to key results. Three, measurable linked to metrics. Four, accountability and support. Five, deadlines and timeframes. Six, communicated and documented. Okay so I hope you enjoyed that episode and that it was helpful to you. If you would like to get into contact with me my email is support at rickawieland.com and I do offer one-on-one coaching. I can speak at your next team event on Zoom online and I can also offer you any further support that you might need. So please get into contact with me. And if you haven't checked out my upcoming No More Gossip six-month group coaching program, I'd like to invite you to go to womenoffaithinleadership.com where you can express your interest and put your application in there. And we will be going through getting rid of gossip and how you and all the steps that you need to put into place to ensure that gossip stays away forever. So this program has been tried and tested, and I am happy to say that we do have a 100% success rate. And and I don't ha- I haven't set a date for launch just yet. However, because I'm I'm still working through um, creating a wonderful and beautiful program for you to work through. The program will be self-paced in some sense, so you will have online training that you will be going through. But then there'll be one-on-one and group coaching that'll occur once a week. So once a week, you'll uh, be able to jump on a very quick fifteen-minute. 15 to 30 minute call with me where I will be able to support you one-on-one because there are certain things people feel I've, I've found that people feel more inclined to only deal with me versus in the group and then in the group again 15 to 30 minutes we jump on and I provide any further support you might need And then throughout the week, you can send me emails. So you can send me an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I possibly can. So it is a wonderful program. And if you'd like to learn more about that, please go to womenoffaithinleadership.com. And we will schedule a Zoom call where we can chat about the program even more and then get you on board. I look forward to seeing you on Friday's episode where I'll be talking about resilience and how you as a female Christian leader can build your leadership resilience i look forward to seeing you then thanks so much for listening if this podcast blessed you in some way the number one way you can thank me is by leaving a review Your feedback means the world to me and lights me up every single time when I read it. And it makes me want to keep going. So please leave a review and your review will also help other Christian women in leadership find the answers they are looking for. So whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the review section and leave that review. Then head over to womenoffaithinleadership.com and join our free Facebook community. And I look forward to engaging with you there.